It's a dark gray day walking to the comic book shop. The normally bustling, busy streets are exceedingly quiet, eerily so. The normal laughter of children playing in the park across from the comic shop is noticeably missing. It's all rather unsettling. As you enter into the comic book shop, the vibe inside matches the vibe outside. The normal activity within the shop is noticeably missing. And weirdly, the clerk is missing as well. Maybe they're in the back grabbing something for the shelves. Who knows? But you head over to where you know where you're picking up your favorite comic, Cape Chronicles. On the cover, a hand is holding a shattered mirror, the different pieces showing reflections of Royale, some of them masked, some of them not, some of them alternate costumes. But in the upper right-hand corner of the mirror, in that shattered shard, not the face of Royale, but the face of Benchmark. Oh, I don't like that. That sounds pretty <laughs> ominous. <laughs> well, um, it's about to get a little more ominous as, as you turn to the first page of this issue and staring at the readers, full page splash, Benchmark is standing in a warehouse, arms folded over their chest, and the word bubble reading, I wondered how long it was going to take you to find me. I expected it to be sooner. The next page after that, full color splash, Royale, looking ready for a fight as always. What are you feeling in this moment now that you've, after a couple weeks of searching, managed to track down where uh, Benchmark's been hiding? Give me, to ex- give me a second to remember what my beef with Benchmark is. <laughs> Um, I guess I haven't really interacted with him since the docks, because Benchmark wasn't at the, um, the, 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 the concert we were at, right? That was a different guy? Yeah, that was Sonic Crusher, who was at the concert, but, right. um, I think for the most part, the beef that you've had is just that Benchmark got away, and you don't like that. Oh, yeah. No, furious. I can't believe we haven't found him sooner. Uh, Especially with fucking bird brain on the computer constantly looking for him. (laughs) Uh, And now that I have finally taken upon it to to finish this myself, since I seem to be the only one concerned with stopping crime in this team of ours, uh, I'm ready to to finish what we could have started weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Yeah, so do you say anything to Benchmark in this moment as he lightly antagonizes you? Or uh, you just going in for a strike? What are you doing? Yeah, I don't. I, I think time for words is over. We've had a lot of time to think about what we were going to say. And I think what it came down to is uh, the, fir- the best first words are just a punch in the face. <laughs> yeah, that definitely makes sense. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and... Uh, we're going to roll for directly engaging benchmark. All right. That seems bad. Wait, what are what are my what are my doodads? Uh, <laughs> this might not be bad. 
Well, uh, you roll plus danger for this. Uh, it's effectively a directly engage a threat, but uh, with a little bit more punishment coming back at you. Okay. So, oh, that's not even that bad. If only I was good at math. Uh, I got a 10. All right. Well, uh, you take a minus one forward. That's just a minus one to your next roll. And you can mm-hmm. pick two from this list. Uh, take something from them. Uh, I don't know who this would be, so I'd guess it's kind of out for this one. Create an opportunity for your allies. <laughs> Impress, surprise, or frighten your opposition. And gain influence over Benchmark. Um, I think I would definitely like to uh, intimidate him with mm-hmm. with my sick uh, martial arts skills. <laughs> Um, and for the other thing, I don't know what I would take from him. So I guess, I guess we'll take influence. Alrighty. So you have taken influence over benchmark and you have surprised them. Uh, yeah, I think it works out that you go in, uh, they bring up an arm to try and mostly block your uh, your attack on them. But uh, what happens here, I think you just kind of, you know what to expect at this point out of that kinetic suit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it you surprise them definitely by, uh, surprise and intimidate them by weathering that blow a lot better than you have in the past and that others have. Uh, like, just kind of barely shrugging it off. Um, yeah, and, you know, with the way you, with that 10+, plus, uh, you managed to avoid taking a condition from the suit as well, so. Nice. I think it, you, uh, as you slide back from taking that hit and prepare to go in for your next one, uh, you hear them say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll be damned. Maybe, maybe you kids aren't as, uh, bad at this as I thought you were. Um, I think, I think, uh, Royale sort of scoffs at that and says, leave them out of this. You're only fighting me right now. And I think he look, he kind of looks at you and says to you, whether it's that team or where you came from, it seems like uh, you're never really truly fighting alone, does it? And I think with them saying that, uh, you think back to uh, the day after the whole uh, thing went down at the rave. And uh, you're waking up in your room at uh, Simone's house. And you can hear some voices downstairs. One of them is Simone talking to somebody. You're not quite sure who through the uh, sounds of the door. Well, it's time to engage my inner teenager and and start snooping around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Are you going to kind of creep and listen in on the conversation going on downstairs? Yeah, I think I'm going to like crack my door open to see if I can like hear the voices better um, and try and do that as as quietly as possible um, to to see if I can at least sort of tell the uh, the kind of person Simone is talking to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I don't think this is really a question. Uh, doesn't sound quite like Simone is making any kind of effort to hide the conversation 
and uh, the person they're talking to is kind of taking that cue. And so, like, yeah, like I said, there was at this concert last night, and you know, I saw the I saw the dinosaur, but then, you know, they they were like getting into kind of a scrap in the crowd, which is weird. But then, uh, you know, something this the music changed. It got real weird, and then uh, a lighting rig or something like start came crashing down, and you know, I stayed and helped a few people get out. But no, I I didn't see uh. I didn't really see anybody else there. I might have missed them, though. Oh, well. Thank you so much for telling me about all this. Uh, I'm I'm sure it's fine. There's uh, no one. No one ended up being seriously hurt. Uh, But have you have you heard anything else about what I asked you to look into? Yeah. Um. So it doesn't sound like. Uh, there's been any kind of, you know, weapon movements or anything going on in the city since the, uh, the shipment at the docks. You know, that whole, I heard that whole thing was a fiasco. No, everything's, everything's real quiet. Uh, a little too quiet for what we're used to in Halcyon. So either they're doing a real good job of keeping it on the down low, or... Something else is getting set up, but I haven't I haven't heard anything about that. Well, all right. Um, thank you, thank you for uh, all the help on this. And you know, if if you need anything, you know, come let me know. Thank, th- thank you so much, Airdrop. Airdrop. Then a uh, a couple steps, and you're the front door shut. Uh, so so. Uh, Jacqueline's first thought is, oh my god, how dare she send someone to follow me? (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't trust me to do what she asks me? Like, why is she having somebody tail me and, like, check up on me? Like, how how could she do this? Like, obviously, that's probably not what's happening, but that's... (laughs) That's sort of how um, Jacqueline is parsing that that first bit of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think uh, as you're thinking that, Jacqueline, dear, are you are you awake yet? I've got breakfast. If you are, I uh, kind of uh, in surprise. She she closes the door. She she creaked open, but it's probably a little loud, so Simone downstairs probably hears the door slam. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, like, after uh, she gets up and gets dressed for the day, she heads downstairs, pretending to act cool, but is very clearly mad. (laughs) Oh, well, good good morning, Jacqueline. Uh, Yeah, there's there's some sausage and eggs and toast in the in the kitchen, and, well, you, you know, the orange juice and the milk are in the fridge. Cool. Great. Not hungry. Oh, well, uh, that's fine. Uh, so, Jacqueline, I, I think, I think we should have a talk. About what? Well, uh, I'm guessing you overheard a little bit of a conversation that I was having with the slam of the door upstairs. 
Oh, you mean checking in with my babysitter? I know my voice will sound sarcastic when I say this. I'm aware of how I sound, but I have no idea what you're talking about. You didn't send that whoever it was after me to make sure I was doing what you wanted me to do? No. No, Jacqueline. I, at this point, I've accepted that you're your own unique individual and you're going to do what you're going to do. No, I had, I don't know if you're aware of this too much, but I, I have a lot of different hero contacts within the city. I like to keep up on what's going on. And Airdrop is an individual who has connections to the seedier side of Halcyon City. And from time to time, I have her check in with me about things that are going on. It so happened that Airdrop was at a concert last night and saw your teammate Quasi-Raptor. And then all the things went down. I don't know much more about that than about what happened there than that. Yeah, well, I'm sorry our distraction almost killed a bunch of people. Just, you know, whatever. I don't... Jacqueline, I wasn't there. I don't know about what happened other than what Airdrop said. If you want to tell me about what happened, that's fine. If you don't, that's your choice as well. Um, Jacqueline is immediately remember getting her ass kicked <laughs> and <laughs> looks much more mad. And it's like, there's nothing to talk about. Why don't you ask one of your other spies that were there? Jacqueline, I know that whatever whatever reason your natural inclination is to push away help and if that's what you want to do here that's fine but you know i just i want you to know that you can talk to me if you need to she kind of um gets up from where she's standing and like aggressively pushes in her chair at the kitchen table or wherever we are um, and starts probably walking back up to her room and is just like, there's nothing to talk about. Well, when there is, you've got an ear available to you. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, and I think at this point, uh, you just kind of hear a big sigh come from the kitchen as you're <laughs> walking back to your room and upstairs. Oh, I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> at that slight distraction uh seemingly from across the room the benchmark is just kind of instantly up in your face uh going for like a big like double axe handle slam oh no <laughs> uh what do you do um i think i am gonna try and be a badass and sort of take the hit <laughs> <laughs> all right uh this ended so well for you last time. Uh, go ahead and give me a uh, roll a powerful blow. Um, do I add anything to this one? Uh, you add your conditions and you're wanting to roll low. Okay. Well, luckily I have no conditions. Unfortunately, I rolled a seven. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
you lash out verbally. Uh, you don't have a teammate to provoke to foolhardy action or take being able to take advantage of your influence. To uh, Actually, no. I think it's not a teammate, but I would let you take advantage of the influence to inflict a condition on a benchmark. Uh, taking advantage of your influence, uh, you give up that influence you just get gained, and uh, so you don't you're not able to give them a minus two on a roll on a move they just made after the roll because I don't roll. Uh, but right. You can, but like I said, you can inflict a condition on them. Um. Yeah. Let's do that. I think. Um, oh, I'm trying to decide. I think I either want to make him feel guilty or insecure. Um. Ooh. Well, I will <laughs> say that for villains, uh, conditions do work a little differently because, like, their health and damage are kind of tied and they have, like, moves available to that. But I think that in this case, uh, that does uh, work out for you. Uh, uh -huh. for, uh, for that. And... Yeah, I think guilty definitely kind of fits here, and yeah. So, so what do you what do you say or do that uh, provokes him uh, like in this way? Um, so I think he comes up and he and he definitely connects. He he does his um his smash onto me, and you know Jacqueline feeling like she has something to prove takes it and sort of like, um. Or, uh, like, tries to take as much of it as she can without just getting wrecked by it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think she, like, stumbles back and, like, she's clearly, like, way more off than um, she intended to be. And I think because she looks so much, like, like maybe Benchmark did not expect her to uh, to get so destroyed based on how she took the first hit. And he was just like, oh, no, maybe I hit her too hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think, and you can kind of note the change in their tone after they're standing over you just having knocked you down. It's just, they're just kind of like, if you can't stand up to what I'm dishing out, you're not going to survive when Aegis takes over this town. Ooh. You think you're so strong, you can do this by yourself. You're just a fool. Oh, no. <laughs> And I don't know why I'm wasting my time with you. Oh, no. I think... I think I'm going to take angry. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably good. <laughs> um, let me mark all the stuff. Um, and uh, Royale gets herself up to her feet. She's still a little shaky trying to regain balance correctly. So she's a little wobbly. Um... And, like, she can probably still feel, like, the, the vibrations of the hit go through her body. Mm -hmm. um, and, God, what does she say? God, I don't, can't come up with cool enough language to be a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, you, if, you can't, if, if you can't even take me now, how are you going to survive when, when Aegis takes over? Mm-hmm. Um, so she gets up, she's still still a little shaky, uh, trying to to shake it off, but is clearly like a little little st not not solid yet. 
Um, and and she says, uh, who said I can't take you right now? Everything is fine. Everything is not fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do you follow that up with? Uh, probably more punching. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and go in on a directly engaged benchmark. Hopefully, uh, nothing bad can happen here. Nothing, not a single bad thing can happen. No, nothing Ooh. bad ever happens. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> well, well, I rolled a five. <laughs> <laughs> a five with, with my, with my danger, so. <laughs> and what's your danger at right now? two <laughs> hey that's a seven that's oh no i i rolled a three and then with the danger it was a five. <laughs> oh, oh, i see yeah <laughs> i had to open my big mouth didn't i <laughs> mm-hmm. uh well on a good good news for you uh you get to mark potential i like potential <laughs> uh i'm also going to need another uh powerful blow roll from you okay (laughs) oh my girl she doesn't need limbs (laughs) oh i want to roll low on this though right yep okay so and then it's plus conditions which i just marked so that's a four all right well you get to uh mark another potential and uh so you come in for this and benchmark just kind of does like a palm heel strike just across your face. Ooh. And how do you how do you weather that blow? Um, well, luckily, uh, I don't know if you've been able to notice, uh, but Jacqueline is pretty strong headed. <laughs> and and um, I think something like clicks with her where she's able to sort of like push into it and the way that it um sends the the waves through her body it doesn't like it hurts but it doesn't like um like knock her off or anything she just sort of like by connecting with it in like the the correct way it sort of just pushes the the kinetic energy through her yeah uh so you're man able to you know let that kinetic energy roll through you rolling along with it uh i think after taking that hit benchmark is kind of like backing up in a defensive stance and is like yeah i used to be a lot like you just a hothead who'd jump in without thinking about things the difference is i learned when to act and when to realize that i was outclassed a benchmark don't you know the only speed is go also before we continue i filled up my potential track does that take effect immediately uh yeah go ahead and uh Beep your boops. Beep my boops. Um, it's funny because this is the the first time I'm getting to to do potential stuff because Juno didn't roll enough in Super to ever film up my track the whole way. Oh no. <laughs> um. For more information about Juno, check out Fables Around the Table Super. So let's let's see what what we could do here. 
Oh, I want to take um, physics, what physics, so that um, lets me use Unleash My Powers to barrel through an insurmountable barrier. Yeah, love it. Okay, let me, let me make a note quick. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to derail everything immediately. <laughs> oh, no, no worries. Okay, so Benchmark is like, yeah, I used to be hot-headed like you. At least I know when to, the perfect time to strike is. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think feeling emboldened by taking that hit so well, <laughs> I think, um, Royale kind of laughs and she says, yeah, well, a lot of good that last hit did. And I think as he's talking about that and you're saying that, uh, you remember the, when you were able to track down one of the gangs working for Benchmark and... The scene of this panel opens up after being on a close up of your close up of your mouth, saying the, you know, look at what all the good that last hit did you, and then it pans back to a kind of like from the ground up shot of the back of uh, Royale, uh, right shoulder towards the center of the panel, and. Uh, just scattered around the floor of this panel is uh, just a bunch of goons just laying out on the ground. You know, he talked about, like, knowing when to hedge your bets and when to act. And you've just got a good dozen goons just laid out that you took out on your own. And uh, you kind of walk over to this table... In the middle of the room, uh, you see notes about uh, meeting at a location, kind of the location that uh, you're at now. So you just kind of, you just gotten done with this fight. You're feeling a little beat up, but yeah, you're able to kind of like take a look around and see what else is going on in this uh, warehouse. Yeah. Do I like... If I poke around in some boxes, do I find some of these mysterious weapons I've been hearing so much about? <laughs> you know what? Go ahead and give me an assess a situation roll, uh, plus superior. Um, okay. No, that does not. Plus superior. Oh, I have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is an eight. All right. So you get to, uh ask one of the questions and you take a plus one while acting on the answers. Uh, what here can I use to blank? What here's the biggest threat? What here's in the greatest danger? Who here is most vulnerable to me? And how could we best end this quickly? Um, I guess what I want to know is what the most dangerous thing is or what is the most danger or however that question is phrased. <laughs> yep. Uh, what is the biggest threat then? Yeah. All right. So, you're going around and you're like opening up some of the crates and the first couple, you know, they just seem to be normal freight. But as you get back to you know, where a bulk of the uh, goons that you took out are, uh, you open up a couple of crates and there are a large amount of uh, weapons in these, you see, you know, all sorts of different uh, firearms in one. Uh, you see what looks like very dangerous to ship this way. Who knows why they did it, but a bunch of like 
unboxed hand grenades just all poured into into a crate. Uh, just like, oh, this, even for me, this seems like a bad idea. I, I wish you and everybody listening could see the face <laughs> I just made. <laughs> just, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, just throw the hand grenades into the basket over there. It'll be fine. <laughs> This is alarming. Uh. <laughs> but the weirdest thing you uh, you see <laughs> as you uh, start going to open up another crate, you know, a good bit away from the loose grenades. <laughs> as you pop the lid on this last one, uh, you see it is... Just a crate that's full of packs of playing cards. And from the darkness above you, a playing card strikes a pack of them. As you look at it, it's a jack. And it says on it, written in some sort of sharpie or something like that, it says, it's time to come home. Oh, I don't like that. Um, Jacqueline whips around and looks up to try and see if she can see where it came from. Yeah, I don't think that you're able to pinpoint it. Uh, Damn! I think that (laughs) you kind of just hear, like, overhead window just kind of, like, shutting as as it goes. Okay, well the the fucking the guns and the grenades can wait. We're we're finding our way up to that window. <laughs> and uh I think as that m- memory comes back of no- knowing when to hedge your bets, uh, you see Benchmark kind of pull their arms back in the present moment and just kind of slap their hands together in this big concussive move and just you have this wave of kinetic energy just coming right at you. What do you do? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, well, I do not like that. I think I think Benchmark should stop being a meanie, uh, first of all. And <laughs> second of all, I think um, we have taken enough hits where we're thinking maybe we don't take all of the <laughs> hits. And I think we're going to try and... Uh, move out of the way whether or not we can uh i'm guessing is not up to me <laughs> uh, i think it's a little more up to you than uh, you're giving yourself credit for uh you're trying to uh, <laughs> overcome an obstacle for sure so i'd say go ahead and unleash your powers all right no that doesn't make sense okay <laughs> Oof. Wait, no, maybe that's fine. If only I understood numbers. <laughs> that one is rolling plus freak. Plus freak. I got one of those, too. Okay, that's a nine. Uh, so you can mark a condition, or I'll tell you how the uh, effect is unstable or temporary. Um, yeah, why don't you tell me how it's unstable? So, I think it's not quite... A, it's like one of those things where as you start and evade the first one, uh, you look over and you're kind of amazed because 
with the speed at which they're sending out these kinetic blasts, you can't focus on their arms. Like, you can see their torso and their legs planted. It doesn't look like those are moving. But their arms are moving so fast as these blasts are just rapid fire going after you that you can't actually see see their arms. And... Uh, okay. I think yeah. the result of you taking the con- uh, I think the result of this here um, uh-huh. is that you get out of the way and you're not necessarily hit by any of the kinetic blasts, but one of them does end up hitting one of the support beams in this warehouse, and uh oh, <laughs> and a, the one of the upper beams comes down. You look up just at the last second and you're not physically hurt by this to take a condition, but you right now you're pinned down underneath of underneath of this support beam. Oh no. How embarrassing. (laughs) Hey everybody. It's cliff, your favorite GM of Cape Chronicles. How's it going today? Uh, we're real glad you're here sticking around listening to episode part two of the Fractured line. Uh, we're going to have two more of these to go. And then I believe we're going to have a 48-page special for the last episode of season one. So this will be episode nine here. We've got episode 10 and 11 coming as part of the Fractured series. And then issue 12 is going to be that big 48-page special edition to wrap up the season. Uh, Once we have that in the bag, uh, it's likely that we'll do kind of a question and answer kind of thing. So if you want to go ahead, go over to projectderail.com and hit up our Discord link. Uh, There you can find talk about all kinds of topics and one of them being cape chronicles so if you're so inclined you can leave the cast some questions we'll be recapping talking about our favorite moments from this first season and you know what everybody would kind of like to see out of season two and going forward Uh, i want to say for those of you who were in a place to celebrate. I hope that you had a happy 4th of July here in the States. Uh, Happy Canada Day if you had celebrated that recently. And, you know, just a happy Wednesday to everybody. Wednesdays are pretty great. Now, this past Monday, uh, I am going to throw a plug for something in for once. This past Monday, July 4th, my band 2D6 released our newest album, You Just Can't Have One. And it is, honestly, I think it may be our best work yet. Uh, that should be available on streaming sites for you to check out, as well as 2d6music.bandcamp.com. So if you're feeling generous and want to go check it out, give it a listen, uh, we'd really love that. Um, it was a labor of love. We've been waiting for the mixes to come back, and they sound wonderful. Uh, Big shout out to our producer for that, Cloth and Pop, a.k.a. Josh Klopfenstein. It was wonderful to work with them about, you know, getting all these tracks sounding great. 
they added a whole lot of you know just wonderful depth that we just didn't have the knowledge to do ourselves so you know, they went above and beyond in making this album sound fantastic and that's no shade on our previous uh, producer uh, all the love in the world to two mellow He's just so busy with his career at this point that, you know, while we're not working together anymore, uh, there's no ill will there. And, you know, I personally, I know Stuck as well, uh, hopes that, you know, they get everything they want that they're looking for out of their career. And if the opportunity arises, we'll be happy to work with them again. But... I don't usually shill too much during these mid-rolls. Uh, you know, I'll talk up all the great shows that Project Derailed has, like Tales of the Void Fair, Fables Around the Table, Big Streaming Pile. It's all been done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. They're all fantastic content, and you should absolutely check it out. But, I mean, I would really appreciate if you go give the new 2D6 album a, a spin or three or five. Uh, it's our best work yet. And I'm really proud of it, just like I'm proud of Cape Chronicles. Well, I think that's gonna be all for me getting mushy about stuff during this mid-roll. Uh, yeah, just like I said, send us a DM on Twitter, Cape Chronicles. Uh, send us an email, capechroniclespodcast at gmail.com. Join the Discord. Ask us questions in the Cape Chronicles channel. You know, we'll be happy to answer any of them. Uh, see how everybody's feeling, you know, compared to when we were doing Fables Super and where we see this going. Uh, not too many spoilers, I don't think, but you know, just come join us, say hi. There's a lot going on in the Discord. We've even got like music challenges going now. You link up your Spotify, and each uh, time you're given a topic to select a song for. It'll be made in a playlist, and people can vote on it. Uh, this most recent one that we've done is Songs to Garden to. So if nothing else, get to hear more music, and that's always a good thing. But I'm going to go ahead and jump us back into the episode. Again, I hope you've had you know, a good summer holiday season if you have those where you're listening from. And if not, you know, I hope you have a good Wednesday and a good rest of your week. Uh, we'll see you on the third Wednesday of July with episode 10. And... Stay funky, bros. Yeah, so... Oh. Oh, no. Good thing I'm already angry. <laughs> um, so, so Jacqueline's underneath this, this pillar, and she's looking at Benchmark, and she is mighty angry, and I'm sure is trying to, like, scramble out of it, but is stuck for a second. Um, and... Once she realizes she's sort of, like, stuck for a moment, she will not look at Benchmark in the face. She cannot know. She cannot let him know that she knows how embarrassed she is. <laughs>
Yeah, and I think that uh, you just kind of caught under this beam. Benchmark just kind of comes up to you and looks down. The problem is you're focusing on the wrong thread. You have all this potential, but you won't guide it. Ain't nobody going to make you guide it but you. Uh, there's like a big crate next to where you're pinned down by. And he hops up on top of it and sits down and says, I think it's time we had a little bit of a chat. Uh, I feel like it's going to be real one-sided because you ain't, you don't, you ain't seem like the talking type to me. What gave you that fucking idea? <laughs> Listen, I ain't giving you no reason to trust me. You ain't giving me no reason to believe anything I say will get through that rock-hard skull of yours. And you kind of notice as you're trying to avoid looking up at him, but still, like, keep your eyes focused on him in case he decides to do some kind of dumb villain bullshit. Right. <laughs> uh, he's kind of shaking out his hand. He's like, that, uh, that hit, that hit did hurt. I'll give you that. You got a fucking cinder block for a head there, kid. Why don't you come down here and let me do it again? No, I, I think I'm good for right now, because... Uh, what kind of audience is better than a captive audience? And he kind of chuckles to himself. She groans and, like, struggles underneath the, the, the thing again more. Bad enough we're pinned here. Now we gotta fucking listen to him lecture us. <laughs> <laughs> I got one question for you, kid. Why do you even want to be a hero? I don't owe you any answers. No, you don't. But I could easily get that pillar off of you and, uh, you know, we could either go back to trading blows, or you can leave. I could try and escape one of those uh, kind of deals. But I'm curious to know who, why this next generation of heroes wants to be doing this. Because uh, I feel like whether you like it or not, we're going to be on the same side here very soon. Uh, I think... I think Rael continues to struggle underneath the pillar, just kind of like mumbling to herself, I don't need your fucking help, god fucking damn it, god, yeah. Um, and she is listening to what she, he is saying now, um, reluctantly. <laughs> um, and when, when she hears him say, I think we're going to be on the same side eventually, she says... I don't know what you're talking about. We could never fight together. I mean, sure, there might be some ideological differences, but here's the deal. You don't like Aegis. I don't like Aegis. And pretty soon that's going to be the big threat. They ain't doing nothing now while they're getting set up and you know, making sure that they can get all the authority in line they need to. But eventually, if you ain't an Aegis-approved hero then you're being going to be branded a villain. Now, public opinion might say different, but the thing is, in, in the eyes of the people who are going to have the power, you and I aren't going to be any different. And so that's why I ask you why you want to be a hero. I need to know the people that I'm seeing are com that are coming up that are going to be fighting against this, because I take one look at you, and whether we're on the same team or not, you're going to be busting that concrete head of yours up against the wall. And it's a lot easier to take down a wall with many people than it is one. So I want to know, why do you want to be a hero? Um, 
she continues to try and struggle her way free, and she sort of, like, <laughs> offhandedly without thinking says, holy fuck, you talk a lot. <laughs> um, and I think at this point she finally sort of, like, gives up struggling, and she rolls her eyes and sort of with the goal of making him give up on this conversation since she's given up on getting free. She says, look, I don't know what you're fucking trying to do here, but I don't make deals with enemies who put grenades in a box like they're the $5 movie bin. You act like I'm the one who shipped that? That's just, that That was that was careless on the, on the part of people who were doing that. I didn't ship it like that. Well, then who did? Well, now that's a, uh, that's a real good question there. And I'm tempted to give you the answer to that, but not for the reason you think. So, about a good 15 years ago or so, give or take, there was a kid who wanted to be a hero, or at least they thought they did. And turns out there was somebody who sold out their parents to people who were doing much worse things. The guy who sold them out was named Buzz Ness. He was a councilman. I don't know if uh, you heard anything about him recently, but he just got let go out of the uh, prison on parole. Who cares about some old guy? Well, here's the deal. That, the, that kid is a grown-up now, and he came from a line of villains and became a villain himself after, after heroes showed him that it was a bullshit racket. And that villain's looking to kill Buzz Ness. And so he's been pouring weapons into the city. Now, this ain't gonna make you uh, like me no more, I can already tell. But I've been working with that feller, the kid, and I've been handling the transport of those weapons, but I've been doing it to try and keep as many of them out of the worst hands as possible. But turns out Buzz Ness is gonna be throwing a big charity event trying to raise money to donate to Aegis under the guise of you know he's a reformed person he wants to see heroes get the help they need in this town I don't trust it when Buzz Ness was in, on the council he sold out every hero who was uh, registered with the city just because he thought he could get himself a better deal out of what was going to come out of it and what Aegis is doing is what the city basically did before they try and get you on their side get you registered with them so they're knowing who you are and what you do and then brand anyone who ain't willing to sign with them as a villain well i'm not fucking signing up on no registry if they don't like it they can come and fucking kill me well you say that pretty flippantly but i don't know if you actually realize how accurate that's going to be well, I'd like to see them try. Kid, I ain't even the toughest person on my payroll, and I got you trapped under a pillar just so you'll have a conversation. I think they do a lot more than try. Ouch, my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think, you know, he does have influence over you, so I think uh -huh. that might, uh, I think he's pushing down your superior and increasing, uh, I'm going to say increasing your freak. Okay, excellent. Good, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you do think that Royale would have a different opinion of that, you can roll to reject the influence. No, I think, I think that absolutely sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I was also going to take a condition, but if you think the influence is better instead of the condition? I think we can let it play out a little bit longer and see if they still feel like the condition applies. Uh, if you want to okay. take it, then you can. Otherwise, uh, definitely think that the uh, influence might be all right, but we'll see where it goes. Okay, she is on the edge of insecure then. <laughs> Um, and I think that's actually even reflected on her face. I think um, Benchmark can see her sort of like uh, her face fall. It's a little less um, aggressive as it has been so far. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think what she would even say to that. Because for Royale, it's just sort of like, you know, no one can tell me what to do, man. I'd like to see them try, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest, baddest one around. <laughs> um, but there's something, I think, in the, in the sincerity that Benchmark has. Um, because Royale sort of has no reason to believe what he's telling her isn't true. Mm-hmm. Um, so while she is doing her best not to listen, <laughs> um, I think the, his sincerity is really like breaking through her sort of, um, I'm not listening to the authority man facade she's got going on. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, he kind of like looks down and notices this and is like, listen, I know you ain't got no reason to believe me or trust me or anything like that. Here's the deal. I have a friend who's trying to make a mistake that's going to fundamentally change who they are and who a person that loved them very dearly didn't want them to be. They're going to try to have this buzzness killed at this charity dinner. I already am trying to do my best to hold everything back that he's trying to do. I can't do it alone. You ain't got to do it, but here's the deal, especially if somebody like that gets influence in Aegis, then it really ain't going to matter what side you want to be on, because you're either going to be a real villain, being manipulated, working for them, or you're going to be branded a villain and getting hunted down by Aegis. So that's why I ask you, why do you want to be a hero? Because if you're just doing it because some bullshit reason, I ain't going to waste my time with you no more. I'm going to try and find people that are going to do what needs to be done to protect people. You might not think of me as a any kind of hero, and trust me, I ain't acted like one in years, but... I think as he's finishing up here, um, like, you can see Royale, like, struggling not to say anything. Like, like she really wants to, but she's not try trying not to. Until eventually she just sort of explodes out. I don't know, okay? Are you happy? I don't know. I don't know why I'm being a hero, I don't know why I'm doing any of this. I don't know. It's funny. That's the same thing Burgirl said before uh, let her get her old man back. I think there's a moment of, like, processing before uh, Royale looks a lot more impassioned than she did before. And she's like, what did you do to Falcon Girl? Kind of the same thing we're doing right now, only I didn't actually know that she was looking for me or that we were going to round up. If you hurt her, I'm going to fucking kill you. Trust me, I still got 
welts on my back from where she kicked me, she's fine. She took Bird Daddy and went back to wherever it is that she hangs out at. <laughs> Bird Daddy. <laughs> um, Roy also looks very on edge. <laughs> you want to know what happened that night? Here's what happened. I was out minding my business, finding out all the stuff that I just told you. And then who happens to be walking out of a movie theater but Rapid Falcon? He don't know it. I've known who he is for years. I never felt a need to act on anything. Between the interactions I've had with your uh, playtime group and interactions I've had with him in the past, he wasn't going to just listen to me if I came up to him and tried telling him all this. So I might have you know, knocked him out and taken him to a cave to try and actually talk to him where, like we are right now, just having a civilized conversation with a little bit of a restraints going on to make sure I can get a word in edgewise and not get a fist full of fist. No, get, bit, bit, not get a mouthful of fist. <laughs> Who comes out of fucking the darkness fucking crying like she just got done being part of some kind of real bad thing, but a burr girl knocks me for a loop and comes in and hits me again. I'm like, she ain't even know I had have Rapid Falcon at that point. She just sees me and just decides to go in for a drop kick. I think you'd have appreciated it if you'd seen it. Uh, yeah, and I think Benchmark can see um, Royale crack a smile for a moment before back to scowling because we're angry. <laughs> but she made the same kind of mistake you did, didn't pay attention to her surroundings, didn't pay attention to her opponent, was just blindly fighting. I put magnet bracelets on her and held her up against the car and had a conversation with her, and I asked her the same thing I'm asking you right now about why she wants to be a hero. And she said the exact same thing. But I told her the information I had at that time. Aegis is going to come in, and you know they're going to eventually make it so that if you ain't working for them, you're against them, whether... You're doing good in the city or not. And then I told her she could take Bird Daddy and go. Did she tell you what she thought of your your speech? No, but it seems like at first she believed it just as much as uh, you seem to right now. You don't know what I believe. Well, one thing about having a concrete head, concrete looks the same whether it's agreeing with you or not. Ouch, my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> um... Hmm. I think, I think it's clear to benchmark that, um, Royale is relieved that Falcon Girl got away. Um, so I, I think he can see her sort of, um, relax a little bit underneath the, the, the weight pinning her down. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And you see out of like a little compartment on his belt, he pulls out like, a little pencil and a pad of paper and you see him writing down something tears it off sets it down onto the uh onto the crate that's next to him that he's sitting on and slides off and says that's the address there of where this charity fundraiser that buzz ness is going to be hosting is uh going to be at what you do with that is up to you and you see him kind of rub his hands together and sends a kinetic blast, not at you, but off to the side. And it kind of breaks up that support beam that's been holding you down. 
<clears throat> we can keep trading fists back and forth, or we can just call this a draw for today, and you go do what you're going to do. It's your choice. Hmm. <laughs> so I think what I would like to do... <laughs> um, I think Royale... Um, struggles for a moment to to get out of the the rubble that 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 has now been broken up for her um and i think she wants to take one more shot at him <laughs> uh yeah what kind of shot are you looking to uh do here uh like not one that's necessarily going to um well i mean it, she wants to hurt him but <laughs> but one that's more like uh she wants to punch him in a way, I think, maybe, like, she, she jumps up and she tries to come down on top of him um, in a way that's, like, I'm unhappy that you've embarrassed me this way, but you get to live today. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think on this, you can roll it on directly engage a threat and not directly engage benchmark. Okay. Oh, that's double sixes, baby. Nice. And then with the plus two, so like 14. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you get to pick two from the list, the regular list of resist or avoid their blows, take something from them. Uh, I mean, still create an opportunity for your allies. Uh, you know, that's what it is. Or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. Um... Well, I think I'm going to I'm going to try and impress him because, you know, that's the the kind of person Royale is. Mm -hmm. Um and then also I know he's like set the um the paper down, mm -hmm. but I think what she's going to try and do is she's going to like jump up above him, punch him and then try and like vault over him to get the paper. <laughs> So that it's sort of like clear she's not trying to engage him. This was just sort of like a fuck you punch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think that you kind of time this in a way. You've kind of figured out how the kinetic suit sort of works, not in a like actually science kind of way, mm -hmm. but in a. So if I hit him with this kind of English on the punch, this is how it gets blown back. Right. And so as you come down, you manage to like not only like punch him in the face, but like your feet hit his shoulders at the same time. So as that kinetic blast comes back and it does hurt. So you will take a condition from this. Right. Uh, but uh, you kind of like blast and flip backwards up onto the uh, crate that he was sitting on in like one of those uh, three point superhero poses mm -hmm. and managed to snatch this uh, paper up. Oh my God. Amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she does this and um, waits for him to sort of turn back and look at her. Um, and she sort of like glares at him and says, if you mess with Falcon girl again, that a punch in the face is going to be a least of your worries. Um, and then she, like, scurries away, probably trying to no-sell the pain she's in. <laughs> um, also, I'm going to take um, secure or, um, insecure with that. Yeah, definitely makes sense. 
So as you're scurrying away, I think uh, you kind of, as you're running, have that flashback again to uh, you had jumped up and pushed your way through that window in the ceiling and uh, you're chasing running across rooftops now after somebody else that you can see they've got not like a superhero cape but like a big royal cape on uh-huh and it looks like in the shadows with like the occasional glints of street lights hitting it like looks like on their head is a golden crown and you know i think you're kind of gaining on them but you know it just seems like every time you're a almost there to like get a hand on that cape you it just like reaches out of your grasp uh for some reason god damn it all these muscle enhancements and they couldn't make me fast (laughs) well i don't think it's i think you're realizing as you're chasing them it's not that you're not going as fast as you can uh this seems familiar to you oh That's alarming. (laughs) This just seems like just the way the body's moving in front of you. It seems like, you know, almost muscle memory. The way they're moving, the way you're moving behind them. It feels too in sync to be much of a coincidence. And I think, you know, as you're running, you're another point where you're almost at them. And they kind of like jump off. You can see that there's no more buildings to jump Mm -hmm. onto. They just jump down to the ground. And as you're looking down, are you jumping off the building after them? Or are you uh, are you stopping to, like, take a look down before you leap? Yeah, I think in this case, um, Royale stops just because um, I think she's sort of shocked by the familiarity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the moment she notices it, like, she can't stop noticing it, if, if you know that experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I think she's she's stopping to take a moment to, like, uh, make sure she's not imagining that. Yeah. And I think that's like you're coming. You are moving fast enough that you come to a stop, like right at the edge and kind of like look down as you're trying to think of it. Looking back up at you, uh, you see they're actually standing full view under a streetlight now. Full like red, like vest with a white shirt like a white dressy shirt underneath it, a big red cape with the white with black flex frills around uh, the edging of it and around the neck, red pants, black shoes, and this like golden crown with red and black gems throughout it, and a black domino mask over their eyes, a uh, very well uh, like lined up goatee. You see this uh, African-American man, a poofy, like, fro-picked-out hair uh-huh. coming up out from around the crown. They look back up at you and say, You'll come back to the court, Jack. And they throw what looks like a small, like, throwing scepter up at the light above them. And it shatters and everything kind of goes black. Okay, out of character, love him, obsessed, in character, hoops the fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think um, Jacqueline sort of, like, 
frozen like like a deer in headlights um for a moment kind of just like whether or not she fully recognizes this guy like there's some kind of hints of something there right mm-hmm. um especially since we go to the same costume designer apparently <laughs> <laughs> um but i i think when when the the lights go out it's just like this moment of um uh just being frozen from from shock of of what what she just saw and it it takes her a couple moments to like come out of that i'm sure enough time for for this person to get away um before she she jumps down to see if she can like recover the the doodad yeah i think that you're definitely not able to see any remnants of the person you were chasing around except for uh-huh. the little uh throwing scepter which is the wildest sentence to say (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah you're able to find this scepter and you know as you're kind of like i think like as you're running now from benchmark you pull it out again Uh, looking at it once you feel like you're at like a all right this is a uh no more fighting distance right (laughs) um you know, you once again, as you've been looking at it throughout this entire time uh, that you've been, that you've, you know, had it and had the spare moments to look at it and the strength of will to do so as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely looks like a scepter that a uh, some sort of nobility would have. And you just, you don't remember much else from it, but as you're uh, kind of holding it, you just think of the name King, and that's where we'll end our session. Ah! I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Nothing bad, nothing bad happened. <laughs> uh, I, we, we got a new move. We got a lot of conditions. We had our labels messed with. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I think we're at the... Uh, end of session here Mm -hmm. and uh so how are how are you feeling royale um i think royale is feeling very um i know the feeling i'm trying to figure out how to word words this correctly (laughs) (laughs) um you know royale sort of keeps this sort of like you know I, I'm the person in control. I know what's happening. I control my destiny. Um, but the more she's been finding out recently, um, she's been sort of realizing the less she knows, like not even about herself, but the way the world works. Mm-hmm. And that is very, like, alarming to her. Um, and she's trying to figure out what, if the best course of action going forward is to double down on the well, I know it's in control. I'm not going to let anyone have control over me. Uh, if I just keep ignoring all of the everything going around, I will be fine. Or if it's time to like mature a little bit and uh, maybe start taking into consideration what's happening around her. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do I want to keep pushing out these people who seem like, for the most part, they want to help me because I know best or... Uh-huh. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> mm, can't relate to that at all. Never been there. <laughs> right? 
So would you say you've uh, grown closer to the team, grown into your own image, or grown away from the team? So I think this is going to have a weird explanation, but I do think that she's grown closer to the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and not in the way that, like, you know, we had interaction this session, which, you know, we didn't. But I think the fact that she knows that both she and Falcon Girl have gone through this, like, similar experience being picked out, um, and Benchmark making it sort of, like, very apparent that we're going to need to pick sides. Um, it seems like it's going to be a better choice to solidify what's going on now with um, with our team, with um, Falcon Girl and Quasi and um, Remix, than it is going to be starting new, especially when uh, these people that I might, or I as, as Royale might have a connection with before, mm-hmm. Uh, seem to be giving uh, not very uh, cool vibes. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's almost like to her in the worst possible way you could word it, uh, picking the evil you know versus the evil you don't. <laughs> yeah, the like, do I want to keep trusting the people I kind of barely trust or go with these people that I don't trust at all? Right. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. Um, I think here I will act as Falcon Girl because, uh, well, there's not a Falcon Girl here to right. do so. <laughs> uh, but uh, you, well, you give influence to Falcon Girl, and mm-hmm. uh, let me go ahead and double check my information. Um, I do have that she already has influence over me. Yep, so uh, that would mean that Falcon Girl would get to shift your labels. Um, And I think given where things left off Mm -hmm. between the two of you. Yeah, (laughs) um, we gotta gotta fix that. (laughs) I think that she would say that your superior would come down. Oof. (laughs) And your mundane would come up my mundane would come up interesting okay yeah and i think the reason for that is that like you've got all these people here that are trying to reach out and you know just help you just want you to trust them and instead of just realizing the things that you're kind of struggling with right now of like you know like maybe i can't do this on my own I think it's just like, no, you're just going this typical teenager route of lashing out at everybody just because you're not sure how to handle the things inside your own head that are there. Oh, she thinks I'm sort of normal. How (laughs) nice. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. (laughs) But you give influence and you get to clear a condition or mark potential. I think I am going to clear a condition. I think I'm going to clear angry and keep insecure. Yeah, definitely makes a lot of sense there. That wraps up this issue of Cape Chronicles. Be sure to join us every first and third Wednesday for more exciting heroics. Cape Chronicles is brought to you through the power of masks, 
Masks A New Generation is written by Brendan Conway and is published by Magpie Games. Visit magpiegames.com for your own copy and get to create your own superhero stories in Halcyon City. For everyone here at Project Derailed, I'm your GM, Cliff, and we'll see you next time. Back on Twirl, I was a nobody. I got teleported out here, and here I'm something. I'm somebody. The Voidfarer begins maneuvering towards this 200-meter-long space whale. To handle one of these, you need grit. Is that something you have? I'm a tiny little guy. Of course I got grit. If you tried anything, it would end very poorly for you. This alithid dreadnought warps away, accelerating the spell jamming speed as quickly as they arrive. Who the fuck? What am I trying to say here, Ravnus? That we're crew. I like that. We're crew. That is a natural one. You send yourself sailing out the side of the ship, untethered. Oh. I'm putting a python into the ground. I'm wrapping my rope around it, and I'm jumping into the gravity well. (laughs) A gnome, a halfling, and a half-orf walk into a bar. I forgive the middle part, but the punchline is feathers everywhere, and that's not my peanut butter. I cast Tasha's hideous laughter. (laughs) Climb aboard for Tales of the Voidfarer, wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, my consequences have actions. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. projectderailed.com Can't wait to give you this sick keyboard foley. <laughs> <laughs>